0: I want to talk to you for a few moments from the subject, Walking in Victory. Walking in Victory. The book of Judges is a book about sin and its consequences. Like a minor cut or abrasion, which becomes infected when left untreated, Sin grows and soon poisons the whole body. The book of Joshua ends with nations taking a stand for God, ready to experience all the blessings of the promised land. After settling in Canaan, however, the Israelites lost their spiritual commitment and motivation. When Joshua and the elders died, the nation experienced a leadership vacuum, leaving them without a strong central government. Instead of enjoying freedom and prosperity in the promised land, Israel entered the dark ages of her history. As we look at the book of Judges, it describes a very sad time in the history of Israel. They had no king and every everyone did what they saw fit. Each time they drifted away and suffered under the hands of the enemy, they cried out to God. In faithfulness to his promise and out of his loving kindness, God would raise up a judge to deliver his people and for a time there would be peace. Then complacency and disobedience would set in and the cycle would begin again. So you could also look at the book of Judges as a book about heroes. Twelve men and women who delivered Israel from her oppressors. This morning, we're going to focus on Israel's fifth judge, Gideon. And he's going to help us see how to walk in victory, which leads me to the first point. If you want to walk in victory, you've got to change Your strategy. If you want to walk in victory, you've got to change your strategy. Everybody can't celebrate in your victory. Therefore, everybody can't participate in the battle. So you have to be selective in who you choose to go into battle with. Whenever we talk about being careful of the company you keep or be careful of the folk that you hang out with, normally we say that's when we're talking about people who are negative. And it is true that the crowd you hang with says something about you. Yes, it is true that people can have an impact on your life that can either make or break you. But today, I want to take you to another place because sometimes the persons we need to dismiss are not persons who are bad or have been bad for our lives. Sometimes there are good people that we need to dismiss. There are some seasons and situations that will arise in your life that you have to discern and decide Who goes with you in them? Yes, they may be good people, but they may not be suited to handle what you are about to deal with. You've got to change your strategy. There are good people in our lives which can do more harm than good if you bring them into a situation where they don't belong. Some people that have been in our lives have to be dismissed sometimes for a season. Sometimes the seasonal dismissal is so that they can have some time to get their own lives together. You see, they don't have the time or the energy to handle what we are about to go through, and we don't need them handling things in our lives half-heartedly or leaving important things undone. That's the lesson that Gideon learns here as he is about to go down to fight the Midianites for the glory of God. As we look at the text, Gideon was ready to fight the Midianites. He had his army standing by 32,000 strong. God told Gideon to reduce the number from 32,000 to 300. This was to prevent the attitude of self sufficiency among Gideon's soldiers. The Lord made it clear that he wants to get the glory and not men, and not men. Gideon was able to recruit 32,000, that's a lot of people, 32 fighting men. And then the Lord says, tell any man who is fearful of fighting that he can just go on back home. And out of that 32,000, 22,000 men were fearful. They were afraid. So they left and they went home where it was safe. So now Gideon had an army of 10,000. The Lord said, You still have too many. Have the 10,000 men drink at the stream. Those who bend down and, and lap the water like the dog are to be sent packing. Those that bent down on their knees and cut the water in their hand and drink are keepers. 7,700 men kneeled down and drank directly from the stream. They were sent home. Now Gideon only had 300 men in his fighting band. So, in summation, God tells Gideon, You've got too many people. And he commands Gideon to get rid of some people. God says, You've got folk here that have to be dismissed from this fight. Now, here's the problem the folk that get dismissed are in the army, which means they are trained to fight. This is not a dismissal of enemies. Everybody that is there is a part of the Lord's army, and they have what it takes to fight. But there are some fights that everybody can't fight. When it comes to some battles in your life, be careful of the company that you keep because there are some battles that are not for everybody. You have to be in tune with God and be willing to change your strategy because the text suggests that God will tell you whom to dismiss. You may have some folk you love and they love you too, but it's not the battle for them. And maybe that's why you're not winning the battle like you should because God has spoken to you about some folks to be dismissed in this season that you are trying to hold on to. Or maybe you are trying to dismiss some folk that you need to hold on to. You need to have the right people when you go to battle Everybody can't pray with you in this battle. Everybody can't talk to you in this battle. Everybody can't lay hands on you in this battle. It's not that they are not faithful, it's not that they are not spiritual, it's just that this is not a battle that they need to go through with you. You've got to change your strategy. Like Gideon, we must recognize the dangers of fighting in our own strength. We can be confident of victory only if we put our confidence in God and not ourselves. The key to success in meeting life's challenges is to use God's strategy and solutions and not man's. I often remember my friend, She would always say to me when someone says, I'm praying for you, she would go back to them and say, well, what are you praying? Just because someone says, I'm praying for you, may not be praying for your best interest. You don't know what they're praying. (laughs) I never thought about it like that until she told me, she said, when people say, I'm praying for you, I want to know, what are you praying Are you praying for me to be successful, or are you praying for my demise? (laughs) Right. So that's a good thing to grab a hold to because you need those prayers to line up with what you are praying. Right, right, brother Bob. You praying that your house is sold in God's time. In God's time, right? And I can say, brother Bob, I'm praying for you about that house. And you're like, oh, thank you, Pastor, but what are you... I'm praying that, oh, God, don't let them sell that house. I need him still right here. (laughs) So it's good to be connected. When people are praying for you, you need to make sure that they're praying the things that you want to happen, right? Don't pray against me. Pray with me. Pray for me. Those things that I need. So that's why it's great to have, when those prayer requests come in, they have specific requests, so that we pray specifically for those issues. Amen. Point number two, if you want to walk in victory, you must wait on God to receive further instructions and confirmation. Many of us are not walking in victory because we want to fix everything ourselves. I can say I'm guilty. I want to try to fix everything myself. I'm looking for this answer, this solution. Can we do it this way? Can we do it that way? We don't want to wait on God. Yeah, I get like that too. I want it right now. I want it fixed now. And sometimes we think that God is taking too long, so we try to do it ourselves. But then we just mess up and then we, we, we get all, I guess we get more depressed than we should have just been on our knees praying and let God handle it. You see, self-sufficiency is an enemy when it causes us to believe we can always do what we need to be done in our own strength. We don't even pray about the situation. We just go ahead and we do what we think is best, which oftentimes makes the situation worse Then it started off being. I know I'm guilty. If I use myself as an example, when I got married the first time, I did not pray, I did not consult God. I just knew I was ready to get married and I was going to do it. God allowed it to happen. Got married, but it wasn't a good one. It was a rough one. Because I did not consult God to be with who God has put me with. Finally, I had enough. I went to my pastor, who was the bishop, and he said, Debbie, you do not have to stay in the marriage because he broke the covenant. So that freed me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because I don't believe that when you make the wrong choice, God doesn't want you to live in that all your life. No abusiveness, no um, negligence. But I tell you, when I met my husband, I know he was God sent. Because I prayed, and he told me he prayed. And we belong together. I'm getting emotional. We belong together. And today is actually the anniversary, anniversary of when he proposed to me on a Sunday morning. At my church. In the pulpit. So you couldn't say no. I had a Zelda up there on Christmas Eve. (laughs) So I wanted to check it out. Amen. So I thank God. So that's why it's so important that we can't do everything on our own. Those important decisions we need to make in life... We need to seek God's guidance. And I admire all of you who have been married for years and years and years. Because when I first took that vow, I took it to be married for years and years, forever and always. But that wasn't his agenda. But now that we're connected, we talked this morning always and forever, us together. Yeah, we argue, just like everybody else. We have disagreement, just like everybody else. I get on his last nerve, (laughs) just like everybody else. But we are meant for each other, amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so... In order for us to walk in victory, we need to seek God's guidance. You know, we'll say, oh, I have this issue. You know what? I'm going to go talk to Sister Susie. She may have some answers for me. Oh, I'm going to confide in Brother Joe. He looks like he has a good head on his shoulder, and I know he will give me some good advice. And then the next thing you know, your business is all out in the streets. Because you were looking to man to work out your problems. Everybody that you say, can you keep a secret, can't keep a secret. You got to know that. So what I've learned that when you are anointed by God... You can't share everything with everybody. You've got to take those things to the Lord in prayer. There are some of us who have done just what, uh, just that. We've gone to the Lord in prayer. We've cried out to the Lord for help. But because we felt that God was taking too long, we tried to work it out on our own strength. As we look at verse nine, the text says during the night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up, go down against the camp because I am going to give it into your hands. Now, at this point, I'm not sure that Gideon was all that convinced of the validity of the plan. And so God told them, if you don't believe, then what you can do is sneak down to the enemy's camp and see what they're saying. And that's exactly what he did. He took one of his leaders and they snuck into the Midianites camp and they were eavesdropping. On the conversation that was going around the campfire, two guys are talking. The first said, you know, I had the strangest dream last night. I dreamt that a loaf of barley bread rolled down the hill into the camp and flattened one of our tents. And the second guy says, your dream can only mean one thing. Gideon and his men are going to whip us. So Gideon took the the dream and the interpretation as a sign from God and went back to the camp to rally the troops. You see, Gideon didn't make any moves until God told him to. You've got to wait on God. So I'm here to let you know if you want to walk in victory this day, I dare you to wait on the Lord. You see, when you wait on God, he will give you instructions on how to overcome the situation and be victorious. My Bible says to wait on the Lord, be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. You see, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You've got to wait on the Lord. You see, he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. Point number three. If you want to walk in victory, you must worship God. Worship is warfare. Worship is warfare. The text says, and lets us know in verse 15, that Gideon worshiped before the battle began. The text says, when Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he worshiped God. Gideon stood just outside of the enemy's camp and worshiped. Y'all hear that? He worshiped right there in the enemy's camp. Rituals, motion, and loud praise would have announced his presence to the enemy. So Gideon's worship must have been a silent attitude of joy, thanksgiving, and praise. Worship is to fall prostrate before the Lord, to give our will over to the Lord, to give into him totally and completely. Gideon immediately recognized that he was in the master's presence and he submitted totally to him. He wasn't concerned about the circumstances and the situations that surround him. He didn't say, I can't worship because I'm right outside the enemy's camp. He didn't say, I can't worship now because I've got so many issues going on in my life. He just fell down. And worshipped. So I pose this question to you. Will you faithfully worship God while you are facing the vicissitudes of life, the troubles of life? Will you willfully, faithfully worship God in the face of your problems? John Christ states that true worship must emerge now in the context of our daily lives. For no man will worship through the great battles of tomorrow who complains in the mere skirmishes of today. Lastly, point number four. If you want to walk in victory, you must implement God's plan and then sit back and watch God work. Gideon divided his 300 men into three groups. That would be a hundred in each group. And he gave man, each man a horn and a clay jar with a torch in it. Just after midnight, They surrounded the midnight camp. All you have to do is implement the plan that God told you and watch God work. When the appointed time came for the battle, God did most of the fighting. It was in the middle of the night God had instructed Gideon to take pictures and lamps inside them and trumpets for every man. When Gideon gave the signal, they all blew the trumpet. They broke the picture and held up the torch and they all shouted the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. This caused so much confusion in the camp that the Midianites, they turned on each other and killed themselves. Some estimate that little, this little army of 300 men and the Lord defeated over, get this, 180 Thousand Midianites. God is awesome. God is awesome. Y'all are quiet today. A hundred and eighty thousand Midianites who laid along the valley like grasshoppers for, for a multitude. God planned, God planned it, and that, that, that way, so they wouldn't start to, to say that they defeated them on, on their own. God wants us to ask for help. God wanted to just demonstrate to Israel that victory depends not on strength. It doesn't depend on numbers, but it depends on obedience and commitment to God. Clearly, it was God who gave them victory. Not one man had to draw a sword to defeat the enemy. When you walk in victory, you must stand strong and realize that the battle belongs to the Lord. We've got to remember that God is always with us. When we start realizing that through God, we have power and strength, nothing will defeat us. For my Bible lets me know that I, we, can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. The Bible lets us know that greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. The Bible lets us know that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. It lets us know I am more than a conqueror. It lets us know that I am not bound, I am free. There is a place in God where you can get, and it is a place of walking in power and victory. Walking in victory. That's the word for this morning.